What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Trade Targets here on the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Uh, we had quite an action-packed week four. A lot of big names going off finally. It was really exciting. But before we get into today's episodes, I'm going to take this time to introduce my good buddy, Dylan Mazzola. How you doing, man? I'm good. I've, I've been on a couple of your videos before. Hopefully people who are, keep watching them have realized that. I'm happy to be back, obviously. Yeah, man, I'm pumped to get you back on here. I think uh, I think this is your first time actually in the season, right? Or, or were you on here a little earlier? Um, I might have been on one earlier, but I think predominantly most of the videos I was on were prior to the season, who, who to draft, who not, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think, I think you and I had done a lot of uh, dynasty work before this. Yeah, but nonetheless, still always fun. And uh, really pumped to get you in here for some regular season fantasy trade targets. Um, so I'm going to kick us off right now with the first buy low of the day. And I'm choosing Marquise Hollywood Brown. So Marquise Brown so far in the season really hasn't done anything spectacular. Uh, you know, even this past week, he only had four catches. He did go off for 86 yards, which is awesome. Um, but I do have to highlight that he was targeted eight times against Washington. So looking at the rest of the season, uh, Hollywood Brown is going to have a tremendous rest of the season schedule. There's really not a ton of uh, terribly hard games for him down the stretch. No. Uh, you know, at, at, what's that? No, I, I was agreeing with you. I was saying no, like I was agreeing with what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his, his rest of the season schedule is it's fantastic for the receivers. But with Marquise Brown, you know, so far in the season, he has had three games in a row now where he's had 12.6 PPR points or less. Uh, he's way overdue for one of those big – Marquise Brown type games that we've come to know him for uh, last season. And although he's a risky option, I think he's a great guy to try and buy low right now, especially with all of the uh, injury uncertainty surrounding the league. You know, if you're someone like me who has been absolutely demolished by both injuries and the highest scoring team seemingly every single week in your league, a guy like Marquise Brown, although he's a volatile option, he is one of the best bets in the league to have like a 25 to 30 point fantasy game at the receiver position at any given time, because that's the type of player he is. Again, there's a lot of risk rewards with Marquise Brown, but given the fact that he hasn't really had a big boom type game yet this season, I think you can comfortably make a low ball offer for him and maybe even get him at a fairly cheap price right now. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I don't think I'm as high on Marquise Brown as you may be, but you made a good point with injuries and how uncertain the season is. And the fact that he is a safe-esque player in terms of uh, points. And he is a boom, a boom player. So he has like, a lot of upside. So quite frankly, you're right. I mean, I feel most people probably won't ask for much given what he's doing. Um, people have, you know, they're, they're far and nearsighted for some, for some things. So, yeah, if you're definitely, if you're a, you know, a team that needs a wide receiver, I would advocate doing what you just described. Yeah, and I mean, with again, with those injuries so far, I mean, we've seen Paris Campbell go, Alan Lazard go. We've seen the bigger name guys like Chris Godwin's probably not playing this week. Julio Jones tried to give it a go this week, and then he got ruled out at halftime. Um, he was not healthy. You could tell he had zero points. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Ridley was hobbled. Then you got guys like A.J. Brown, who hasn't played yet this season. I mean, he played week one, but you can tell he was obviously hampered by an injury in week one. Um, so, so a guy like Marquise Brown, if he has one of those big weeks, he really can make up for that slack that's on the rest of your roster right now. And that's a reason why I would like to go out and buy him low wherever I can. Obviously, if you're in a dynasty league, it's going to be a bit tougher to buy him since he is a super young receiver and he is on a phenomenal offense. 
But if you are in a redraft league like this video is intending, I think you can get him for a pretty cheap price right now. Um, so we're going to move on. I will let you take it away with your first sell high of the day. Some people might not agree because a lot of people are high on this guy, and I personally don't dislike him. I just think he's in a terrible team for his play style, uh, and that is Joe Mixon. I think their offensive line is garbage, hence why you see poor Joe Burrow, Mr. Handsome himself, die 12 times a game. And to, to, and to no exception, you look at Mixon's points besides this prior game where he literally exploded, he hasn't done much. And he's played some teams that have – okay to average run defenses and he still wasn't able to do anything granted he was able to explode onto the scene and i was just i'm pulling a schedule up because i was just looking at it it's not the easiest schedule mr mixon plays baltimore then the colts then cleveland then tennessee then has a bye week then plays pittsburgh then plays washington that's all right new york so he has, he has a good back half but then he also plays Pittsburgh and Dallas and Houston again towards the end. So my, my point is, I'm not sure you'll see many outings with <laughs> how many points that you have, 40, 42 again. Um, and I honestly think you should sell high. Mikey mentioned injuries, and you could use this to your advantage when selling high. People, Chubb owners, Christian McCaffrey owners, Austin Eckler owners, they might be wanting a running back. And uh, if you have Mixon, and if you need a receiver, or you just want another running back, I would – I would sell Mixon. Sell yeah, I, I completely agree with you uh, in terms of selling Joe Mixon for high. I mean, prior to this week, people were literally begging for trade offers on Joe Mixon because they were looking for any kind of value to get. Yeah. This is going to be that outlier type of game. Uh, Joe Mixon, he, he's not going to score 45 points in a single game for the rest of this season. There's, there's yeah. no way. He's not – you know how rare it is that we're going to see him find the end zone uh, three times in a single game and be that involved in the passing game. Like it's just not in the range of possibilities. This is not a sustainable thing. It's not going to keep it up. We're going to see a lot more of the Joe Mixon from weeks one to week three uh, down, down the road, as opposed to the Joe Mixon that we finally saw in week four. Um, so if I can get a really, really good offer on Joe Mixon right now, again, coming off of a 46 point, um, performance, I'm not selling him low. Like I, I'm not going to sell him just to sell him. There's a reason why we're saying he's a sell high because you want to get a legitimate offer. Like if somebody off turns around and it's like, Whoa, Joe Mixon just had a 46 point week. Here's, I don't know, Miles Sanders or something like that. You know, or, or even a top-range wide receiver for Joe Mixon coming off of a 46-point game. As I've mentioned in previous videos, guys that are coming off of massive games like this, it is always the best time to sell. So I would definitely put Joe Mixon out in the trade block. See if you can get some feelers because people who are slaves to recency bias are going to fall in love with Mixon this week. Yes, exactly. And like I said, he, he, there's, there's a lot of Mixon – well, there was a lot of Mixon hype prior to the season – so mixed with that, with the with the outlier game, definitely could get someone to buy in and sell high on him. Oh, for sure. Uh, but now I know you also have a couple buy lows today, so I'll let you go on your first buy low here. Yeah, um, I know you also wanted to talk about this guy. So they say great minds think alike uh, in terms of buy low. But that is Mr. Debo Samuel of the 49ers. And some may be saying, what, buy low? And if you're thinking that, you are a smart fantasy owner and you probably already have him on your roster. But – if you didn't get him, 
uh, definitely go out and get him. And I say that because he just came back. He didn't have a great performance. Granted, his, his targets were limited, and the Niners are using their second and third string quarterback. Weird, weird flex, but, it, you know, see if it works. Um, but with that being said, I made that joke because Mr. Handsome Jimmy Garoppolo does come back soon. And with that, I would also see an uptick in volume and value for Debo Samuel. So you don't want to wait for that to happen. For Mr. Debo to trade for Mr. Debo Samuel, so I would I would I would try to acquire him as soon as possible, like right now or tomorrow, because yeah. as soon as he has and he's capable of having a monster game because he's a very talented receiver only in the sophomore season, um, and really the the only other option on that on that passing offense is well two options there's Kittle and Brandon Ayuk who's emerged into an also a solid rookie, um, but they're banged up on running backs and some of them appear to be out for a while. So there's really, really no passing backs to steal volume. So Debo's going to emerge into a wide receiver two or a solid flex play every game for the rest of the season, essentially. And you could probably acquire him for not much, depending upon your redraft league. So I, I would make it a priority to try to acquire Debo Samuel if you need a receiver. Oh, for sure. And if it's someone who drafted Debo Samuel in your redraft league uh, with the intention that Debo was going to come back and immediately start putting up numbers that he had last year – use this performance against them. Maybe they didn't look into the fact that the coaches were saying Debo Samuel was going to be limited. Maybe they're not looking into the fact that he only saw three targets. Uh, I believe he had a rushing attempt too for like 10 yards. So he had four, four total touches for like 45 yards, which that in itself is, is pretty damn good. Um, made the most out of his limited uh, opportunities. But Debo Samuel, as we saw in 2019, he can ball out. He will ball out. This is a great team, especially once they get Jimmy G back. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are looking like my dynasty fantasy football team right now, where just every single player is injured. It is absolutely absurd. But once they get all of those guys back, especially Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Debo Samuel is going to see a massive uptick. And I I think he could see a massive uptick as soon as this upcoming week. You know, they said they were going to bring along Debo a little slower. There's a reason why he was limited this week depending on how he practices and how he's feeling, maybe they will give him a full workload next week. You know, uh, he's still not going to pass George Kittle as the number one target on this offense. It's going to be imp- almost impossible for anyone to come into San Francisco and pass George Kittle because he's that good of a player. But Debo Samuel is going to be the de facto wide receiver number one on this team, I think. And once he's fully healthy, I mean, the sky is going to be the limit for the second year in a row with Debo Samuel. So I really, really like this call to go out and buy him low. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you agree. And one more thing, I'm just looking to add more fuel to the fire and why you should do this. His last three games, which would be in most leagues, if you do, you know, normal leagues, not the 17-week crap of fantasy. <laughs> um, he plays Washington, Dallas, and Arizona to end the year. So and that's not <laughs> any more of a reason to acquire him. That's just – that, that's surefire points on your roster is what I'm, what I'm saying. So basically, if you can make the playoffs and you got Debo on your roster, you're, you're going to have a fun time in the playoffs. That, that's what I'm getting at. He also plays the Saints, the Dolphins, the Packers, the, uh, the Washington football team, like I said that. So, yeah, he has quite a few easy matchups if you want to look at that as well. So all signs point to get Debo. For sure. Now I'm going to talk about uh, my first sell high of the day. I brought him up. A couple of weeks ago when I was flying solo, I'm going to bring him up again because he's had another big performance. That's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, He had two rushes for 73 yards and a score. And then he caught five of eight targets for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mind you, like, 
everyone saw that Jarvis Landry to OBJ connection for the touchdown, which was, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Quarterback controversy in Cleveland? No, <laughs> Jarvis Landry <laughs> is the most efficient passer right now. Yeah. But, I mean, o- OBJ, he, he had himself an OBJ type game. You know, but let's not pretend like Landry is going to throw him a touchdown every week. Let's not pretend that he's going to run for 70 yards and additional yeah. score every week. Let's not pretend like he's going to see the end zone multiple times every single week. Here's the bottom line. When it comes to OBJ, you got to look at the offense as a whole. More importantly, you got to look at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, out of the first four games of the season, he has topped 200 yards once this entire time. All the other times, it was like 185, 155. I'm pretty sure he had closer to like 140 one of the weeks. Um, but OBJ, at this point, he's kind of just a big play specialist. Um, he's only going to go off if he hits this big play. Now, we got lucky. We saw OBJ hit the big play three separate times this week, but that's, that's not going to be the case every week. We're going to be lucky to see him hit that big play even once. Um, you put that together with Cleveland's rest of the season schedule is just very far from friendly in terms uh, for the wide receivers. He's only going to have games like this where the trick play is working. Um, he's only going to have games like this where it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's going to be very rare to see him have even half of this type of game for the rest of the season, because this is just a rare oddity type thing. Plus, I mean, he did it against the Dallas Cowboys, who have had a league-worst secondary. They've been completely run all over, passed all over, uh, completely ran into the ground by opposing offenses. And this was the absolute dream scenario for OBJ. So I would leverage this massive performance with a massive sell-high tag on OBJ. Because, again, you can, you can look at this in many ways, but the way I'm looking at it is this. He had 73 rushing yards and a score. That's not going to happen. He's not rushing for 70 yards or a score, uh, arguably, for the rest of the season. He's not going to catch a pass for a touchdown from Jarvis Landry again this season. Maybe, maybe once because they have a weird connection. But if Baker Mayfield is throwing for under 200 yards in 75% of the games, the law of averages just spells disaster for OBJ. So if you can use this, massive performance to leverage yourself uh, to get OBJ off your roster for a really decent penny. I, I a hundred percent would this week. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I personally haven't touched Odell since he been, has been in Cleveland and it's proven to work out for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think another, like another factor, you mentioned Landry in terms of their connection and quarterback to receiver, which is just interesting in itself as a topic for another video. Um, Landry is kind of a guy who's underperforming and I expect, and you, you can probably agree. Most people would agree that he's going to bounce back. So that's going to take volume away from Odell, like you're saying, and Odell's not going to ball out like that. So if Jarvis resurges, then Odell's getting even less touches, meaning it's more imperative, like you're saying, to sell high now why he had one of the craziest games we'll ever see from a wide receiver in history. I mean, how many times has a, has a receiver rushed for over 50 yards caught a touchdown and scored, and scored, a, scored a, a touchdown, caught a touchdown from another receiver and also had a X amount of receiving yards on top of that. It doesn't ever happen. That's not common. And like you said, because of the Cowboys secondary, if you look, is, is, is ass. They've gotten shredded every week. My, I'm an Eagles fan and I'm confident my Eagles who are, I don't even know what they are. They can probably score 30 points in the Cowboys. And that's saying something. So it's like, 
it's, it's an outlier game. I mean, if you have Odell, it's, it's, it's try to trade him for what, you know, a running back or whatever you need. I mean, I, I personally would not hold on to Odell because he's not, he's not going to come close to that for the rest of the year. I'd be surprised if he even hits 20 points again that, that often the rest of the season. Yeah, so he's he, for me, he's an obvious sell high. I mean, admittedly, I got forced into taking him as a flex option in one of my leagues because he fell to like the sixth round or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I've been plugging and playing him in. I had a really fun time this week. Um, but in that league, you, you bet your ass I'm going to be trying to sell OBJ after this performance. Um, but moving on to my second buy low of the day, and I'm going to talk about T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. So in week four, he had a rush for 13 yards and he did, uh, he caught four balls from seven targets for 77 yards. That's not too bad of a, of a stat line for a rookie. Now the most impressive thing with T Higgins is that over the course of the last three weeks, he has been targeted 22 times. He is the number two targeted player only behind Tyler Boyd uh, from Joe Burrow over there in Cincinnati. So his 13 points in week four and these next two matchups, he gets Baltimore and Indianapolis. You can combine those three things right there, the low point total and the two hard matchups. You can talk your way into grabbing him for pretty cheap from whoever currently has T. Higgins on their roster. You know, I know he was a popular waiver claim last week, and he had, a, he had himself a decent game this week. But I think you can leverage those three things together into getting him uh, for the low. And I, I, I got to say, Cincinnati's schedule following week six, it's one of the easiest for wide receivers in the entire league. And you put the, you put the fact together that Joe Burrow will be throwing the rock an absolute shit ton. I mean, Joe Burrow has been throwing the football, uh, I, I believe, top five, top six in terms of attempts in the entire league over the first four weeks. So T. Higgins, he's going to have plenty of opportunities. Now, if you want to – I think you could even wait until after this game against Baltimore, or even after the game against Indianapolis over the next two weeks, because I don't think T. Higgins is going to show out massively over the next two weeks. But again, his second half of season schedule is just too juicy to ignore. He's very talented. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of promise. Higgins is going to be one of my favorite by low targets uh, ahead of week five. Um, I completely agree. I was one of those people that went out and waiver claimed Higgins in two weeks because I see the potential. Um, I didn't fall into the AJ Green hype, and I'm I can't catch anymore. It looks like watching the games. Poor guy. Um, so the whole that that joke aside, besides Boyd, there's no tight end play. I mean, Uzuma's out for the year. Samples, I don't. The jury's out on that. So it's literally the, the Boyd and the and the Higgins show going forward. And like I talked about earlier, the running game isn't the best. Um, Mixon and Bernard are decent uh, passing backs, but they're not doing much. So, and you said Burrow's slinging the rock a crap ton of times a game. So I think it only makes sense to take a chance in T Higgins. And like you said, you can wait or you can try to get him now. And people aren't going to probably sell him for that high because I didn't even have a number one waiver claim in the league I'm in with you when I got him. I had four or six in waiver claim when I got him. So that speaks volumes. There's either three or five other people that did not claim him. Yeah, and Higgins – Higgins seems like a really good guy to go out and potentially explore as a trade option if you are hindered by those receiver injuries. Um, so he's definitely an interesting uh, player to look at moving forward as a buy low, but I know you got a couple more guys to go. So I'm going to let you take it away with your second sell high of the day. Yes. Um, 
I think this. I think my second sell high is probably the most relevant in terms of he just played yesterday, uh, <laughs> and he did better than I think anyone in the world would have expected. Even Packers fans, don't lie to me. <laughs> you guys didn't expect Big Bob, Robert Tonian, Tonian, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, to score three touchdowns and have that many yards. Um, yeah, but he looked like a man amongst boys last night. It was crazy. Uh, it, was, it was nuts. I mean, I was telling you before this before the, the video. I almost picked him up in two leagues, and I'm I'm really mad at myself. I'm kind of you know smacking myself in the face. I did not do that because, um, holy crap, you can sell this man for 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 a lot. I mean, most people in fantasy football they generally struggle with tight end. I feel unless they go out and grab the elite one. And I only say that because every year I see the same message in our, in, in my leagues with Mikey or other leagues pop up. So-and-so says looking to buy a top tier tight end or flex play wants to contend. Um, and I feel it's true because besides outside of the top couple options, it's, it's kind of shaky. It's, it is deeper in recent years, but still it's a hard position to fill. Um, especially with injuries looming. We talked about that early. Granted, most tight ends are healthy, but still you never know. Um, Big Bob, like, honestly, just sell high. I mean, he had he had 30 – I think it was 33.8 points to be exact this yesterday. But leading up to that, he's been doing doing well. In the second week, he had 10 points. And in the, in the third week, he had, yeah, 16 points. So, it's not only a sell high in terms of you're explicitly selling him off of his big-ass game yesterday. There's volume and a little bit of track record if you want to negotiate the deal. You can say, look – He's hit double digits each week since he's actually played. And one of the other tight ends on the roster, DeGoria for the Packers, got hurt. Not that he got that many snaps, but that even that paves the way more for Mr. Tonian to sell. Because I'm not sure if he'll ever hit this number again, kind of how we talked about Mixon never hitting a number again. I don't know if Tonian will ever hit this high of again. And he also could end up losing his job to Sternberger because Aaron Rodgers spreads the rock around. So I would sell, 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 sell. And one of the so, big things to remember with Tonyan too is Devontae Adams is coming back next week. Yep. I didn't even get to that. I was going to get to that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, granted. And Lazar eventually, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, granted, Tonyan did have a combined about – he combined for about 50 points in the last two weeks, which is absolutely stellar, not only just for the tight end position, but for any fantasy football position. 50 points over the course of two weeks is awesome. But – Devontae Adams has been out uh, the last two weeks now. Alan Lazard was out this week, and he's going to be out probably for at least another five to six weeks. Uh, that's just my personal guess. I don't even think they've really disclosed much about that, much about that Alan Lazard injury. But, e but either way, I mean, Devontae Adams, he's going to be back next week. He was so insanely close to suiting up on Monday Night Football. Uh, he's he's going to be playing again. He's going to go back to being Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. Now, will I be surprised if Robert Tonyan sniffs the end zone again? No, I, I won't be surprised at all. But I will be surprised if he has more than five targets all game because it's going to go back to just Aaron Rodgers peppering Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Jones once again, um, which, which, by the way, so heated that Matt LaFleur won't get Aaron Jones more involved in this game. That's a totally – Different topic. It's fine. I have Aaron Jones in two leagues. You can talk about it for a second. I think anybody watching this video, if they stick through, if they have Aaron Jones, they know the pain. They feel us. Because oh. it, is, it is invigorating to see when they go for it on fourth and one and they put the other guy, uh, what's his name, Jamal 
Jamal uh, Williams. Thank you. Yeah, I I forget his name because I don't want to remember him. Aaron Jones. Why? I know. Well, and that's the thing. Going forward, I mean, I think Aaron Jones will be more involved, and as we've seen, Jamal Williams is plenty involved in the passing game. Um, so I think as this team starts to get healthy, especially when Devontae Adams gets back, Robert Tonyan's going to see a downgrade pretty much immediately. Uh, so I definitely do like the call to sell high on him and coming off of a massive, massive three-touchdown performance on a Monday Night Football game. I think it definitely screams uh, perfect time to sell. Yeah, no, it's definitely perfect. And one more thing, uh, a lot of you guys might not have him because he wasn't rostered by a lot. So if you, high, if you have a higher waiver claim, I think Mikey would agree. If you can work something out, it's worth claiming him to just to sell him off because you might be able to get – a king's ransom for him because people generally overpay for tight ends. I completely agree. I, I like the call to use your potential top top two waiver priority to get him and working out a deal immediately. Uh, I, I've done this before when I've had a top waiver claim and I didn't really want anything. And hey, if I can turn a waiver claim into a into a different player that I want or some draft picks, if you're in that type of league, I'm always down for it. Um, but I know you have one more guy for us today here. I believe it's a buy low, and I actually don't even know who it is. You gave me a few ideas before we started, well, and you didn't actually in, tell me who it is. So, you, so fill me in. Who's going to be the, uh, the buy low? I, I was going to throw a loop, and I'm not doing the two like, – I'm technically I'm doing two players, but it's, it's really just one player. So I was debating, and you can listen. And it's, it was Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler. And I only said these two because in the pedigree of running backs, well, Barkley's out for the year. We all know that. CMC, you're an owner of CMC. You're also a fan of CMC. CMC owners, rightfully so, are still going to want the moon because he's also coming back soon. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as week six. Exactly. Eckler and Chubb just went out. And both of those teams have a guy who can kind of fill in the role, similar to Mike Davis, but I think they have more upside. I mean, Hunt, obviously. So my point is, and they're going to be out for a while, which is going to fill up the bulk of the fantasy season. And the reason I'm only saying these two guys is because they're in the same boat. They're going to miss about the same time. Um, I, I think they're by lows because I think you can move less than what you would expect depending upon the owner and acquire them. And obviously your league should have IR spots. If, if it doesn't, you should probably leave that league. Um, you can stash said player um, on the roster and have them return for a playoff push. Um, granted, that could backfire because um, <laughs> they might get hurt for might stay out for longer, but both are expected to come back. And I know, Mikey, I cheated and did two players, but I, I thought it was reasonable because they're both in the same situation and they got hurt on the same exact day. And they're both going to miss about a month, month and a half. That's why I said, it's up for the, the people who are watching. It's their preference. And honestly, just feel out the both of them and see um, which, you know, owner in the league. Hopefully it's not the same guy. That would suck for that person and the trading. See what they want. I mean, obviously they want a running back, but, you know, you never know. So I would just reach out and see if you can acquire them. Because if, if they come back like week 10-ish, that's a perfect guy to help you get in the playoffs if you still need to get there and excel in the playoffs. Yeah, I like that call. Um, granted, I'm only going to – I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I was flying solo and I was telling everyone to go and get Christian McCaffrey after he got hurt. You're only going to want to buy one of these guys if you have like a three and one or four and oh record right now. If you're someone who's in a pinch, you're fighting to stay alive. If you're, if you're oh and four, one and three, um, I probably wouldn't go out and buy low on one of these guys. In fact, I would, if I have one of these guys and I am desperate for some wins, 
this is when I'm probably trying to pawn one of them off, but you're not going to be able to sell them high because they're going to be out for at least four to six weeks at this point. Um, but as I was saying, if you are one of those people who has a winning record currently, especially if you're 4-0, I think you definitely can make it. <coughs> because oh, it's nice. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, because if you have a winning record like that, chances are you have a very solid roster going on, and you could probably afford to lose one, maybe even two of your guys if you want to trade up for a Nick Chubb or an Austin Eckler. Now, you obviously know there's a lot of risk that comes with it, but if you've already set yourself up, if you're sitting at 4-0, 3-1, you can probably afford a, a loss here or there. These guys could be a total difference maker when the, uh, when the playoffs start for you. So I, I really like the call. Thank you. It's, it's very relevant because I have Nick Chubb in two leagues, and one of them I, I – you, know, you just got mad at me in 4-0. The other one I'm 2-2 two and two in, so I have to – I'm on both ends of the spectrum. On one end, I'm going to have to literally do what you said and probably pawn him off. And on the other end, I'm going to put him on IR and, you know, just wait. So, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so speaking of uh, the injured backs and bringing up Christian McCaffrey, I have one last sell high of the day, and it's Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so I don't need to tell anyone that Mike Davis has been stellar while Christian McCaffrey's been out. Uh, even in week four, he rushed the ball 16 times, got 84 yards in the score, and he caught five of his six targets for 27 additional yards. He has looked fantastic with Christian McCaffrey out. Um, you know, even when he spelled Christian McCaffrey just in the fourth quarter of week two, he put up, I think, 16 fantasy points or something like that just in that final quarter. And then he's had over 20 PPR fantasy points over the last two weeks. Um, now, this one using Mike Davis as a sell high, it's going to be a very hard thing to do. But if someone is desperate enough for a win this upcoming week, you might be able to swing a decent penny for Davis. Yes. So the reason why I'm saying that is because, as we mentioned, Christian McCaffrey could be back as soon as week six, which means Mike Davis's last week of fantasy relevancy at all is going to end in week five against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, while I would absolutely love to have him against Atlanta this weekend because I think Mike Davis is, a, is an easy top 10 option against that defense, if you want trade value, you're not going to get anything from him if you wait until after this game, no matter how big of a game he has. Because the second Carolina says Christian McCaffrey's coming back, nobody's valuing Mike Davis anymore at all. And I guarantee when he gets back, he is going to see a few more touches than we're used to seeing Mike Davis uh, get on a weekly basis, especially since – Carolina was reminded two things. Christian McCaffrey's human, and Mike Davis is a half-decent running back. Um, but he's not going to have any standalone value. I mean, he's going to be a weekly touchdown-dependent flex option at the very best when Christian McCaffrey is back. He's not going to be a solid enough option at all. He's not going to put out any games like he did the last couple of weeks or like he's about to do in Atlanta. So if, if you can afford to, I would try to sell him ahead of this uh, matchup with Atlanta. Again, it is such an enticing matchup. If there's someone that is like that desperate for a win, they're going to shell out something for Mike Davis, even if he is a one-week rental. No, you're, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, he's definitely one of the best players to sell. I mean, you're obviously, this is your last chance to sell him, obviously, because once CMC comes back, like you said, the value is pretty much diminished. Also, um, you, you just said sell him to a guy who needs a running back for a week or a flex play. Also, hopefully – the guy in your league who has, has McCaffrey doesn't own Davis because if he does, you could also sell high so that so to the guy who owns CMC because that, that guy could handcuff um, Davis and CMC in case further injury, you know, injury. So 
there's definitely options there, and you definitely should sell high on him because unless you have CMC, there's no reason to hold on to Mike Davis. Yeah, and I, I think we're, we're, we've kind of been shown that Mike Davis is one of the best handcuffs to own in this league. I don't know if he's that talented or if this offense is just made for the running back. I think it's a little bit of both, but the offense is, since they have Christian McCaffrey, the offense is very clearly made for the running back, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be it for us today here. Uh, Mike Davis is the last sell high of the day. Uh, Dylan, before we get in wrapping up, anything, anything left you got to say? Um, just make sure you listen to us and sell high and buy low, buy low on those guys. Don't wait because you might wait a week or two and said player might get hurt that you're trying to acquire or sell. And then you're, 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 you can't do that anymore. So if you, if you want to do it and you have means to do it, just do it. Fantasy is made on gambles. I mean, I'm going to say this, this is personal, but it's very relevant to the video. We talked about both of the players, one more than the other one. So I have Chubb in Mikey and I's league that I'm doing very well in. Not going to say the record because it's a sore subject. So <laughs> Four and oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've, I've sucked every league, every year in this league. This is my chance. Um, I literally traded for Kareem Hunt last week, and I have Chubb, and I just did that to establish a good handcuff. And what do you know? Chubb got hurt. So the point is, if you have a gut feeling, go with it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that piece of advice a lot. But definitely go out, uh, pay attention to our buy low and sell high guys from this week because, uh, you know, uh, again, those guys like Joe Mixon, OBJ, they're not, they're not getting you another point week. I mean, come on, that's just ridiculous. So sell high while you can. But anyway, that's going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Thanks for tuning in today for today's episode of fantasy trade targets, and I will see everyone again next week.